Congressman Donald Norcross is serving his fifth term in the House of Representatives. He's chairman of a armed services subcommittee that puts him in the room on some hugely important issues affecting national security. Congressman, welcome. How are you today? Great I'm, to be here. I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on. And I want to talk to you about the, the substance of President Biden's address to a, a joint session of Congress. But, but first, I want to ask you about that event yourself. I saw a photo of you, on, you with the president on the floor of the House. It, it didn't look like that normal presidential address. There were a lot of, of empty seats. Uh, uh, you've, you've been in the room for a lot of, of presidential uh, State of the Unions and other, uh, other speeches, but, but never under COVID restrictions. What was that like? Well, the layout, as you saw, uh, 30 senators from both sides of the aisle. There was 40 members of the House from both sides. But instead, the entire Joint Chiefs, only General Milley was there. Time after time, we saw that pared down because of the pandemic. It makes sense. The last time we had anything close to that was January 6th. And I'll tell you what, it brought back memories of that day just because we were laid out in approximately the same way. But uh, it's not like any other presidential address I've ever attended. And if you just look back two years, it's remarkable what an election can do to change the focus of a country. And uh, his address. uh, So tell me about that. Tell me about, you know, I want to talk to you about the the, the president's American Families First, uh, American Families Plan, and also about his jobs plan. Tell me about that. So let's start out, you know, when the president came in, first of all, the visual, something that has never happened in our lifetime, the vice president and Speaker Pelosi, two women at the very top level of leadership and power. Uh, I wish my mother had been here because uh, she would really appreciate what has happened to our country. So right after that, the number one priority, quite frankly, for all of us is the pandemic to make sure that we can get the vaccines out in a predictable way, ramp it up to the massive program that it has become. And I think uh, it has changed the way people are living within those first 100 days. Shots in the arms, money in their pockets, get people back to job and put kids safely back into school. That's the focus of those first 100 days. And you can break each one of those issues down, and uh, we've been very busy, to say the least. So, so both of these proposals, and these are these are enormous proposals. Were first of all, were you yes. were you surprised by the 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 breadth, the the depth, and the breadth of of, of the American Families Plan, and and how many different issues it covered? Uh, not surprised by any of the individual proposals. I guess the surprise, a pleasant surprise, is that he's tackling an issue that has been around for decades, and we're going to try to fix it. With a little bit of help from everybody, we're going to be able to do it. I was a single dad when I started out as an electrician many years ago. The idea of having affordable, quality child care that you feel safe putting your kid in is incredibly important to get the economy back on track. If your kids aren't in school and they don't have daycare, there's a big problem for the workforce, not to mention the child and the family. And this is a, I mean, just, just to be clear, this he, the president's proposed a, a universal 
preschool program for three and four year olds? Yeah, study after study. I don't think there's much debate on whether it is as effective. I think it's pretty much universal. Uh, But the other end of the spectrum is something that uh, an investment in the next generation, the two years community college. As you know, I went to the other four year school. I did an apprenticeship. And we know not everybody wants to or needs to go to college when they're 18. I used to say I didn't know if I wanted to go to college, build the college, or defend the college. We need people in each one of those areas, and they are just as valuable. And that's what President Biden, I got to tell you, sitting there, uh, you know, 25, 30 feet away from the president, when he starts talking about the men and women who are keeping our country running, who are building it, guys and gals that go out each and every day, that might not have a college degree, but you know what? They kept our country running, and they are as valuable as any Ph.D. going down the road. We need all of them. And I think you saw for the first time a president, in a very sincere way, say, the middle class, they helped build this country. And that's what I talked to the president about when he came down. I thanked him on behalf of all the people, and quite frankly myself, who at times felt they were left behind by different administrations. And he talked right to it. Uh, I can't tell you, it meant a tremendous amount to me. But the people that I used to work with and represent down at the refineries, wow. They didn't feel like they were getting BS. It was sincere. And that's the conversation we had. Now, the president appeared to take a victory lap on vaccinations. Is, is, is it time for a victory lap? Is, and is that his accomplishment? Well, I don't think anybody should take a victory lap. I'm sure you lost people you love. We certainly did across the board. Way too many people died. But the idea that from where we were to where we are now in a predictable way, putting the focus, not that it's over, we need to address it. We're getting a lot closer to getting back to what I'll call the new normal. But we're not there yet, and obviously everybody wants it, right? They want to get back out there and start over for that year that so many people lost. you got to remember, he's the director of the band, and the band is delivering those doses. But obviously, he wasn't the only one. It takes a nation to do that. Sure. And I'm speaking with Congressman Donald Norcross of New Jersey. Congressman, I want to, I want to ask a different question. There's, there's a group called the Oath Keepers. It's, it's an anti-government militia group. It was at, uh, allegedly at the center of the uprising at the Capitol on January 6th. One of the leaders of the Oath Keepers in New Jersey is running for the state assembly. You were a county chairman before you were congressman. Should, should leaders of both parties stand in the way of, of Oath Keeper members running for office? Well, I was on the floor when we were attacked. I lived it firsthand. I saw something I never thought in a million years that would happen is people breaking in while we're in session. We saw that on TV. There is no middle ground on that. They attacked the capital of the United States, the symbol of our democracy, and that somehow we're just going to let that slip by. People died. People got hurt. 
I was with members who were running for their life. We were going down the staircase when that shot fired. You want to talk about panic. This is who we are, the United States of America. And people from within attacked it. Uh, we have to get to the truth, no matter where it goes. So many people discuss how we're going to do it. The 9-11 Commission had very much the same focus. We're going to follow the truth. But quite frankly, we have some folks who are trying to fight this. Uh, it's been a while. We'll let it go. They attacked our democracy. The vice president was in one side. It, I still wake up thinking, how the hell did this happen? And why can't we together find out what happened so it never happens again? Putting up higher walls and fences will do it. But no, we have to go to fundamentally. Why did it get to this point? And you talk about the Oath Keepers, one of many of them. Uh, you, know, you know the investigations are going on, uh, but the idea of a 9-11 commission, so it's transparent, that people are out there, can see what's going on, and to find out what happened. So one of your colleagues in Congress, Josh Gottheimer, he in the last election ran against a guy who refused to condemn the Oath Keepers. And, and, and since that election, this guy's gotten even closer to the Oath Keepers group. Now he, he wants to run against Congressman Godheimer again. Is, is, is an affiliation with the Oath Keepers a deal breaker when it comes to serving in the U.S. Congress? Well, as you know, every member of Congress is up for an election. And they are running to represent that district. I know how I would feel, and certainly Josh Gottheimer made that clear. But the fact of the matter is, if we don't see the connection between those who are part of the people who attacked our capital, and we don't speak out about it, then we're complicit. We're part of that. We. Nobody has the right to sit back and not do anything. The democracy, as we all know, was given to us. We're the ones who have to keep it, and it's very much a challenge. Now, the good news is I believe those investigations will take place, a transparent, bipartisan. But it was also, and I'll just go back to the speech given by the president. I talked to my colleagues on the other side of the aisle how different it was, the tone, the structure. They can disagree with all the policies they want, and that's what we do. But you didn't see the attacks on individuals and, quite frankly, the smirking that was going on. What a change to bring down the temperature. Not everything has to be a war. And I think that's incredibly important not only for our democracy, but for our neighborhoods. You know, people got tied up in this, and it affects families, it affects neighbors. You know, we can disagree, uh, but the idea of having violence and going after it is no place in our society. You know what I used to do? I was a union representative for electrical workers. In the 43 years, we did a lot of public displays. We used that first amendment. Not one was ever violent. There's well, a real change between what that is in the First Amendment and what we saw on the 6th. 
Well, there's, I know there's a lot of great challenges for you in Washington, and I, I, I wish you, you know, the continued luck in dealing with them. Uh, Congressman Donald Norcross in New Jersey, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, David. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you.